What's good, everybody? This is your Daily Shot of Inspiration. I'm Joan Longo, and I am so excited to finally be kicking off our interview series. Every weekend, I'm going to be talking with some inspiring people to help you get to where you want to be in life by looking at what they did in their life to get them to where they are today. Today, we're talking to Dr. Tammy Berry. Tammy is a general surgeon turned life coach. She's on a mission to teach people how to use stress as raw potential power for creating health, happiness, and a joyful success in life. Tammy is a burnout survivor. She has dedicated her life to researching and understanding the impact and the effects of stress on the brain and the body. Tammy has so much wonderful wisdom and knowledge to share with all of us. Please head to the show notes, follow Tammy on all of the socials, go to Tammy's website, and sign up to be on the wait list for her SMART program. We talk about the SMART program in this episode. Kick back, enjoy this episode, and reach out to Dr. Barry. Set up a time to talk with her, enroll in her SMART program, and start changing that stress into something useful in your life. Enjoy the episode, my friends. Hey, everybody. This is your Daily Shot of Inspiration special interview series. And today I'm talking with Dr. Tammy Berry. Tammy Berry, hello. Thank you for being hello. here. So happy to be here with you, Joe. I am so excited to chat about all of the things so other people can hear our lovely conversations um, <laughs> and and get a little insight um, into all of the things that we do, because even just that pre-conversation that we had, I'm sure would probably have been beneficial for people that are actually doing the things that that we do. So, doc, Dr. Tamberry, I was talking to somebody the other day that I'm working with that it's also a doctor, and there's just something I just love saying, Dr. Tamberry. Um, there's just something so fun with the silliness in it. Um, but Tammy, you are you're... the silliness, but that that's real. That's well, no, like, I mean the silliness, silliness on my part. The silliness it... on my part of being like Dr. Simberry, please report. Um, oh my gosh, I can't say. You know, I do not miss the days where it was like paging Dr. Barry. You know, overhead at the hospital. I do not miss those days. Right. Let me tell you. Yeah, same. I don't. I don't know if you know. I I I, I had a little stint working in a a hospital. Um, I didn't. Yes, in the early 2000s, I worked for Siemens Medical Solutions. I was part of their support department. And Siemens, when they would run medical solutions, they would come in and, like, take over the whole hospital. Like, it's still the hospital, but, like, the interning workings, right, is Siemens. Mm -hmm. So they were doing that with a hospital, and I got to be in the hospital at the command center, which was great for when everything broke. It was just like, Joe's on the sixth floor. Just go right up. Just go right on up there. Don't even call. Just go on up. <laughs> and make sure you're really pissed off when you go and see him. <laughs> of course. Of course. Because you just come in breathing fire. And you're like, whoa, okay. All right, then. Um, but that yeah. that pager all the time going off in the hospitals, it's still there. And that was so long ago for me. And it's like, oh, my goodness. Turn it off already. Turn it off. Yeah. And uh, now you're a life coach. I am. I am. What a beautiful thing. You know, it's so interesting. I was actually just having a conversation earlier today with a client of mine, and we were talking a little bit about this. And, you know, she kind of asked a little bit about how, like, you know, what was that like, you know, being a surgeon? And I said, you know, I loved the technical aspect of it, like the crap, you know, if you were 
if you think of surgery as an art form, as a craft, Mm -hmm. it really is. And I loved that piece of it. And I was brought back to this memory of like, I was able to sufficiently fulfill the sense of my ego that I was healing people, Mm -hmm. right? But when I would take the time to really break it down with people, and it would be like, oh, you know, what's going, you know, talking with people, how is your personal life? Like, yes, I took out your appendix before it ruptured and killed you, and I get to be the savior of the day. But what's going on? Oh, you know, same thing with their append, you know, with their gallbladder before it ruptured. Or some people would come in actually with with ruptured intestines that we would repair, that I would repair, and um, it's always a team effort, right? Uh-huh. It's always we. But and talking with people afterwards and finding out that really they were in crisis in their personal lives, and that the body was this manifestation of really stressful life events Mm -hmm. and I had this moment a little bit of like an existential crisis moment that I could see the writing on the wall healthcare is collapsing this is not the wheelhouse I thought it was I had made medicine my god and when it failed me I was shattered and I was juxtaposed with I had I had been able to prop myself up in this very corrupt system for so many years thinking I'm saving people's lives and then I started digging into it further and I realized I am not saving these people's lives I am saving them today mm-hmm. but they're going back to their stressful lives and their stressful, stressful patterns and everything else it is that's creating this for them and it was kind of like oh like this sinking feeling like well, that fucking sucks. And, <laughs> you know, I re- also remember sometimes I would cover the trauma bay. And this was even actually when I was still in training. I was in, I was in my second year of surgical residency. And I was doing a stint at the University of Pennsylvania um, trauma bay. And I remember we had this multiple gunshot victim come in. He was stable. So we scanned him real quick to figure out what what we were going to do surgically and we and we were scratching our heads because there's more bullets in his body than there are holes in in his skin and it dawns on me he's been here before oh wow like this is not his first gunshot wound and i was like oh my gosh this is and so as i'm talking to my client i was like this was the reality for me it was i realized we keep repeating the patterns that we've been exposed to in our childhood that are in the environment around us until we take conscious control of our minds and we start reprogramming them. We are just, we are habitual creatures by nature. It's a model of efficiency. The brain uses an incredible, the brain at baseline at rest uses 20% of all of our calories. And we haven't even thought a thought yet, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like we haven't even done anything yet. So, as a, as a way to be energy efficient, we've built habits into how we operate. It's, it's how we function as humans. And we really want to get super interested in those habits because our freedom and the life that we want to live is on the other side of them. And so really what I help my clients do now is use stress as a powerful force for creating a life that they, that they really actually love living, mm-hmm. which really helps you then move out of this 
propensity for disease distress will create dis-ease in the body, which is the root of all inflammation, right? Stress is the cause of all inflammation in the body. Inflammation is the root of every disease, mm-hmm. period. So for me, it's a mission of health. It's a mission for happiness, and it's a mission for helping people find a, a sustainable, effective pathway for joyful success in their life. That's beautiful. Before something ruptures internally. Before you need a surgeon. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's interesting because a couple of people that I've, I've talked to, um, so one of the guests that's going to be part of the series, maybe he was already on. I don't know how this is rolling out when you're hearing this. Sure. Um, but it's Jeffrey Siegel, and he wrote a book, The Tiny Big Book of Manifesting. And he was a, a lawyer and worked in law for many years mm. until he got cancer. But leading up to cancer, he didn't want to be a lawyer anymore. And he couldn't get out, right? He couldn't take that leap. And he stayed in the stress and stayed in the stress. And in the book, he even says, like, I gave myself cancer because I didn't have the courage to step away. And it's humans, right? This is what we do. We wait until something knocks us down or pushes us back or takes our legs out from under us to say, wait a minute, maybe... Maybe I should change. Maybe I should look look into what might be at the root of this. And hopefully that ha- happens for people, you know, before they hit bottom. But it's like we just keep going. Yes. I feel, I think just earlier you said we get into the habits. And mm-hmm. they become unconscious habits that we don't even realize that we may be complaining to every single person in our life about all of the stress. And we're like, no, I'm not stressed, Right. Or like talking about all of these things that are actually causing our issues, but we don't even see it. It's just like, all right, this is just it. I'm going to complain about Mm -hmm. it. I'm not going to address it. Or what's even worse, I think, about complaining it is denial of it, Mm -hmm. which was actually me for a decade, which is how I ended up addicted to all kinds of, you know, I was multi-drug addicted (laughs) and an alcoholic and a shopaholic. And I would, I mean, anything to avoid the fact that I was in so much pain. And I really, you know, one of the things that I'm really passionate about right now is understanding our emotions as intelligent feedback. Mm -hmm. Because as long as we're willing to, as long as we're willing to suppress and repress them, and as, as long as we're willing to avoid them at all costs, we are denying a key aspect of what it is to be human, first of all, and we're abandoning ourselves, which, I mean, that separation alone is already, it instigates so much stress to what it is to be human. Mm-hmm. Abandonment, right? I mean, this, we need safety. This is a fundamental, like Maslow's hierarchy. It's the fundamental base ground that our lives are constructed upon. But we also lose our power. Emotions are raw energy. Mm-hmm. And when we're not willing to recognize that our distress is a sign on this, if you imagine an emotional spectrum, where stress and distress, shame, guilt, regret are on one end of the spectrum. And on the other side of the spectrum would be like joy, appreciation, love. And we can fall anywhere in the middle, right? Or at either end of that extreme and or spectrum, I should say, because they're not extremes. They're on the spectrum. And I invite people to just right now, just like take a, just look at the last week. What's the emotional tone? Where do you fall on the spectrum? And where do you really want to be? And know that these become actual biochemical set points in the body. Our emotional states are biochemical signatures. 
of thought patterns that we've been thinking for a long, a prolonged period of time. So thoughts are the language of the brain. Emotions are the language of the body. They're bio, the biochemical language. And so we can shift that, but it's a set point. And so I like people to know that this idea that you could just shift emotional states and, and when you can't do that, you get really hard on yourself. You end up getting really frustrated and angry and like, oh, I guess this manifesting stuff, it just isn't for me. Mm-hmm. I want to I invite people to recognize that part of the habituation of being a human being is recognizing that we can only, we make, we make incremental progress for the quantum leap. Uh-huh. I love that. And it's so true, right? Because, again, we don't realize how we're unconsciously programming ourselves to have these habits, right? To think, like, uh, for me, like this random, I, I don't know what kind of comfort it was, but for a while, every night before I'd go to bed, I'd have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Every night. Every night. Along with not eating good throughout That's so the interesting. Yeah. But it was just like this, oh, it's almost bedtime. I think I'll have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Right? Like, I'm going to watch whatever TV show I'm going to watch. I'm going to have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Um, not good for your insides, eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every <laughs> night. Right? And until something happened with my insides, did I actually stop and say, shit, I should change my diet. But I didn't even realize, right, that this thing that was actually probably comforting, covering something for me was really hurting me. It wasn't helping me. Same with, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I don't want to pick on anybody, right? You want to sit down at the end of your shift and have a drink? Fine. Don't drink a bottle. <laughs> right? Finding that, that yeah. balance. But it was like that thing that I thought was comforting me was really hurting me and that was just a simple example with with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich we do it every day with our mouth right like how many people do you talk to that every time you talk to them they say i hate my job my boss is such a jerk and that's the, mm. the pattern right so then we're in this mm. and we're like my boss is a jerk i hate my job and when you try to do and change it that that super highway, that supercomputer, right? That highway connecting those thoughts. It's just flowing freely, right? Like, yeah, I hate my job mm-hmm. and I hate my boss. My boss is a jerk. And then when you try to say, hey, why don't you love your boss? Mm-mm. Nope. What if you try to love your boss? Mm-mm. Can't. I tried today. It didn't work, Joe. No shit. Because for the last 18 years, you've been telling me how much you hate your boss and how much your job and all of it, right? And then when it doesn't happen mm-hmm. overnight, like you just said, it's like, oh, this doesn't work. But we have to create the new habits, and the new habits are uncomfortable. Yeah. I always like to find truth, you know? It's like I'm on a mission for truth and love in my own personal life and in my professional work. And I always like to just challenge thoughts because I think sometimes replacing thoughts can be hard. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes poking holes at current thought paradigms becomes a really powerful way of just letting it loosen its grip a little bit. Mm. I love the thought work by Byron Katie. Mm-hmm. There's four questions. I'm, uh, I'll invite your audience. I don't know. You, it, since it's another podcast, you might be into it. Dr. Tammy Talks is my podcast. And there's an episode on thought work, which is like liberation on steroids is what I called it. Uh-huh. And just this ability to go, is it true? Like when you have a thought, 
like let's just say you use the one about like I hate my boss like is it true and you could have initially say yeah that's true I hate this guy you know this uh -huh. guy sucks and then you go but is it really true like capital T true is it absolutely true would every if everybody in the world had the same exact evidence that you have would it be a universal truth and then you kind of have to say like okay no right it's not absolute truth mm -hmm. it's just my perspective and you go okay and then the next question is well who would i be without that thought That's like how does that feel you know like how does that feel in my body who am i when i believe that thought what happens to me i like that because it's almost thought? it's like you're not saying you should love your boss who would i be if i didn't right. hate my boss right that might be a too big of a jump, right? I was just talking about the emotional spectrum. To go from hate to love is an impossible biochemical shift. There's a bio, there's biochem, there's a biochemistry of love. Mm -hmm. It requires oxytocin release, right? That is a very different signature than the cortisol and the epinephrine that's released in hate. Mm -hmm. Right. So we want to poke hole. We want to we want to break up the thought pattern attached to that hate. And then the fourth question is you do you do the the turnaround. Right. So you you do you turn it around three different ways. You say you turn it around to yourself. So I hate myself. And you find three pieces of evidence for each of these, mm -hmm. like uh, three pieces of evidence for you hating yourself. And I, and when I, I do this and I'm like, oh, there's more than three pieces. Of evidence. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll stick to three because that's what's required here. <laughs> right. And then you turn it around to another. It's like I hate him or her, whoever it is. Right. I hate my boss. And you find three pieces of evidence where, or they hate. Um, oh, wait, the turnaround on that one would be. The turnaround on oh I get that's like a little mental gymnastics because the original was I hate my boss the turnaround is I hate me the other turnaround would be my boss or I don't hate my boss would be that that other turnaround and three evidence of three pieces of evidence so that you don't hate your boss right mm -hmm. and then so you so you play with this and then the opposite is, and then you play with the opposite which is which is what you proposed. I love my boss. Like, <laughs> supposed to be a sentence, but I like to sometimes put a question mark right. and then find three pieces of evidence that prove that that could, could be true. And then what it does is it just allows you to see what we think is truth. Like, we want to go for a much broader, more expansive understanding of truth. Yeah. And I, and I think there's so much freedom in that, in that. Like, oh, wow, I'm creating all of it. When we realize we create all of it, that's really where our power, I mean, that's the sauce, right? It, that's the fun stuff. It is. It is. And it's also like when it hits you and you have, and you yes. finally get it and you're like, oh man, Damn. <laughs> I've been doing all of this. Yeah. Right. So recently I've been, yeah. um, hanging out with this, this lovely group of, and I'm going to say women because I don't even know if there are any men that are part of this program, but I've been doing, um, it is through to be magnetic and the woman's name is Lacey. I want to say Peters. I think I'm sorry to all of you. Um, but I signed up, you know, for a year long thing to do all of this stuff, but, but they're coaches and there's a, a neuroscientist. So they bring it all together. Right. But it's mm -hmm. also a lot of uncovering, like, 
Like, where is this coming from? Like, what what happened? What may have happened? Right, the inner child stuff, the shadow stuff. Right, like, why are these things triggering me? And as I'm going mm. through, and I'm like, this is it's all me. Right, those triggers are all me. Right, it's me. It's something that may have happened, and it could have been like a small little thing, right, that happened at some point in my life that now for some reason triggers me when I see it happening. Right, but it's just yes. it's my own shit that I never yeah. acknowledged or recognized. And then when you're looking at it, and it's like literally the other day I was journaling and doing all of these prompts, and I'm like looking at the triggers and why it upsets me and where it came from. And literally the last sentence I wrote is. Why do you fucking care? Right? Because it's like the trigger was so ridiculous that it was even triggering that after I went through all of the journaling and the prompts, like my end result was, why do you care? There's no reason. But I really think that process of witnessing, there, no, but there is. No, 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 you there know, is. I, did, I yeah, didn't mean it like that. Is. I meant like it, I had yeah. a huge release, but the release. And then you didn't have to care. Right, yes. right. But it got like yes. I had to go like there were probably three pages that I was writing and getting mad as I was writing them as well. Right. Like feeling like, why is this triggering me? And why do I want to punch them in the nose? And then finally it was yes. like, oh, my God, Joe, it doesn't. It doesn't, it, in the grand scheme of even just my life, it doesn't matter. It's not affecting. Yeah. Right? But we have to get in there and pull those layers away and keep pulling them. Right? And mm-hmm. then we can get to the root of it. But again, humans love us. But we suck sometimes at making change and trying to pro- make progress. <laughs> Well, I think we have to do it in community, mm-hmm. which is why I'm starting a group program because I've been doing this work one-on-one with people for several years now. And I really think that is very valuable. There is something to having one-on-one support when you're dealing with, I think, a lot of deep issues that create a lot of shame that like just to say it out loud is hard enough to do that in the space of one other person. Mm-hmm. But the magic of community is you realize we all have the same shit. Yeah. Like, I'm in a community group coaching program right now where I'm a participant. And I just, like, the, the, oh, the really, I mean, it's very much like AA. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, you know, you go into that room and you're hearing stories. You're here and you go, yeah, me too. Oh, yeah, I did that. Right. I tried to finish a bottle before he came home and get that out to the recycle before. And then <laughs> like he comes home and I'm popping a bottle like it's the first one of the day, uh-huh. you know, and um, never mind the, right, you know, <laughs> it, 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 I mean, so so we we find connection, our common humanity in community. Yeah. And I think it's really important because we can feel really alone in our struggles. And, and isolated and we're ne- and we never really are right well i mean we i tend to think we are our biggest critics right and we're the hardest we on are. ourselves so when we do mess up it's like oh you dumbass you did it again right but when we are in that community because i've seen it in, in in my groups just when people are sharing and opening up and it's like oh ah i'm not the only one that feels this way i'm not the only one that feels i am a dumbass right like we're all feeling it and then mm-hmm. knowing that it's okay, it's very, very important. Again, it kind of goes to communi- 
communicating, communicating with the people that are in your life, communicating with yourself and mm-hmm. knowing that it's okay. Cause we're all, we all got our shit. We all got yes, our shit. We do. And yeah. instead of like being ashamed, if we can just be like, this is my shit. Like I'm working on it. Right. Yeah. But I'm not going to let it stop me from moving forward and knowing that other right. people have the same shit. Right. <laughs> Well, I feel like we get this galvanizing force behind us. Like I know in the communities that I'm in, it's like when I'm daring to be brave or I'm going to go and conquer my fear, I'm taking that group with me. Mm-hmm. Right. And like now I, I have this new sort of audacious income goal. And I'm think, and I think we were talking about this a while back. And I was like, I know in this, I used to pursue financial gain as a way of securing status Mm -hmm. you know like i needed a certain amount this is what was going to be necessary to live the lifestyle i wanted it was all very logical and very much influenced by the society and the culture within which i live right Mm -hmm. i hadn't actually consciously picked out what lifestyle do i really want to live what's the lifestyle that's in alignment with my mind body soul Right. I had adopted this idea from the culture around me. And now I've done that work to be like, oh, I actually don't need nearly as much as I thought I did. Mm-hmm. But I have these big goals. And now I'm pursuing them from a space of, oh, my gosh, like my great great grandmother couldn't inherit the property of her family. Right. Because she couldn't be a property owner. Women didn't have the right to a credit card until 19, like. 70 i mean uh 40 uh, wait what was that 47 like what that's crazy i heard of a friend of mine who her mother had to get permission from her father for her uterus to be removed because it was like she was bleeding like needing blood transfusions it was bleed like her fibroids were so bad she needed the permission of her husband to have wow. a surgery to remove her uterus. I was like, what world do we live in? So I am just at this phase of my life where I realize I am one person, but I am like, if I don't tell you there are 10,000 women standing behind me that are saying, yes, we are running a million dollar business. Mm-hmm. And yes, we are changing lives on our terms. And yes, we don't need this money, but you better be damned that we're going to create it. And let's just have fun while we do it. And that's the key. Having fun. And I love that you said like you had to figure out what that meant for you. Right? Like, and I literally, I just had this conversation with a client yesterday who said something about being comfortable. And I was like, all right, this week, I want you to think about what does comfortable mean to you? Right? We all have different levels of comfort right same with like what is happiness what what is your happy might not be my happy my mom's happy is definitely not my happy right but if i'm living that life of well this is my mom's happy i'm not gonna be happy but even mm-hmm. posing those they're big questions i feel to pose to our clients that we work with like what does happiness mean to you when was the last time you actually said what is my definition of happiness what is my definition of abundance, right? What does that look like for me? And when we actually do it, we're like, oh, right. I don't need the the McMansion with the white picket fence and the eight cars. <laughs> 
you know, like, and that actually that was never aligned with me. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's so interesting when we really, I think what you're spot on. And I, I actually have an entire module around like define success, because if you don't define it for yourself, you're always going to be, and the same thing with happiness, like you said, the same thing with comfort, because if you don't define it for yourself, you will always be chasing somebody else's definition of it. And it's a, and, and because it's not yours, You'll always be chasing something you can't actually achieve because the def- because it's amorphous, it's shifting, it's changing, and and it's something unobtainable mm-hmm. for you. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, so self defeating. <laughs> it's <laughs> very self like ah. <laughs> very self defeating. But part of it, though, I think some people just don't even move into that space of thinking. I'm allowed to define my happiness. Oh, yes. And you must, my friend. Right. You must. You must. It is the work of a lifetime. Honestly, right there, what you just said, define happiness and define success. Like, you've got to define those things for yourself. You ha- I really do. If, if you got nothing else from this episode, pause it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Because, yeah. I mean, y- yeah. you never really, you know, know what. We can be living somebody else's dream and then all of a sudden be like, wait, I don't want any of this. I want to live in a shack in the middle of the woods, right? And be mm-hmm. totally fine with with it. Um, and I also want to point out that it give yourself room and space for it to evolve. What my definition of success was before I was a mother is very different than my definition of success today. And that whole definition of success, I... I had to put all of my ambition and my aspirations into, I knew that first year of life, I was like, I was mommy. Mm-hmm. Like I knew I wanted that sacred time. And so I, if I, if I didn't redefine my definition of success in that moment, I would have always felt like I was depriving my, a part of me something like I would have always been split. And and so my invitation is that the audience would know, or our listeners would know that if you're ever feeling that split, it's usually because the definition needs to be refined mm-hmm. for what you're currently living and know that this is a fa- like there are so many phases of life. Right. right. That, I, we I love update our definitions accordingly. When I'm especially talking with people in like the corporate world using the corporate lingo, like your happiness. Yeah. Right. That's an evolving document. Right. Like it's always going to be changing. We should always be coming back to it as well. Right. Like mm-hmm. always be looking at it. I I really enjoy like New Year's Eve instead of getting all fucked up and going out to a party, being alone and being with myself and like what what is my like this year's definition of happiness? What does success look like this year? What changed from last year? And doing that, right? Especially cuz I think a lot of people and probably the people that listen to this, a lot of us are kind of like doing our own thing. We live the, in this beautiful new world, right, where we're doing our own thing, where you're not getting that email, right, every three months saying, hey, Dr. Tammy Berry, it's time to do that quarterly review. Why don't you review yourself, and then we'll get together, and I'll review you, and we'll see how, how you're doing so far, right? That doesn't happen. So we have to have that responsibility that we're actually, like, doing a, a review of ourselves to see where we are. Where, where do we need work? How how are we going to keep this rolling, because when we don't, even though we, we like people can work with both of us and do great, but then if we just stop, right? It's like if I'm working with someone and they want to manifest X, Y, and Z and they get it, right? Great. You got it. But really what I want to teach you is the foundation that you can then do that with every aspect of your life, right? So it's an 
it, it's an, uh, uh, a lifestyle now, right? Not just, oh, I need a new car, I want a new house, or I want a new partner, so how can I manifest it? I mean, you can, but that's so superficial that really it kind of also creates a block in the manifestation process because then it's like, Am I doing this for me or am I doing this for my ego? Does my ego need this manifestation or is this something that I actually want, right? Is there a why? Is there a why behind the manifestation? And I want to say if the why is ever coming from a wound, you will end up more wounded. Mm, that's beautiful. Not beautiful. Like, this has been my most <laughs> beautiful way to say that. No, but no, because it's really like I've been reflecting on this in my recently over the last like two weeks. Because it, and I think that's why I shared that piece about my aspirations now. Like my financial goals have gotten so much bigger, but my why has gotten so much bigger. Mm-hmm. And and that wound, that wounded part of me that had the original financial aspiration had to be healed before I could get to the bigger, vaster why. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a lot of work. It's fun work, I think. It's um, the best work of a life. I mean, this is the work of a lifetime. This is the work worth living for, mm-hmm. if you ask me. Yeah. Like, this is the most exciting game in town. The inner game is the most exciting game in town. You are, so, you know, everybody listening, I want you to know you are so much more interesting than you know. Oh my goodness. You are. Yeah. So you are like wildly fascinating. <laughs> uh, one of my biggest takeaways when I was doing my coaching training was because, you know, I went into it. I'm like, what do I know? What do I have? Like, what, what am I going to do? Right? Like, all of that, the self doubt. And one of the first weeks in, in school, they were like, your story is your gold. Like, your story is your gold. And because of, everything that you went through that I went through, we can then help the people that we work with. And usually because of what I went through, I will connect to people that are pretty much going through those those things. Now when I was going through it, I wasn't enjoying it being like, oh, this is gonna be great in the future. You know, like I got to use this shitstorm to help other people in ten years. Right? No, that thought was not in my, in my head. But having that realization right that oh i might have the self-doubt or imposter syndrome but really my story is my gold right the life that i lived is where this all came from um i think it's so important for all of us to know that when we're going through dark times when we're going through our lowest lows when the struggle feels like it's overwhelming us and swallowing us whole that that in it is gold, that it is the thing that we need to work with to like, what is this teaching me? What is the lesson? What is like, how does this shape me into who I really want to be mm-hmm. into who I was maybe meant to be? If you, if you have that kind of orientation with your experience of life. And I think this journey of life is a radical act of forgiveness and understanding. And my, I really think the life, the life's work is really in learning how to befriend ourselves, befriend the nervous system, the brain and the spirit of our lives mm-hmm. is really like what I, I just keep drilling that with my clients. Like we just want to befriend this experience. 
And then we can find the wisdom because as long as we have this adversarial relationship with ourselves, with life, we're, we, we're resistant to the wisdom, to the sweetness, mm -hmm. to the, we're blocking ourselves from the freedom that's possible. Yeah. It's beautiful work. Beautiful work. So I want to kind of, we're going to kind of go back to, because yeah. I've been thinking about this. I don't remember where I heard it, but since you were a surgeon, right? So think about this, because this is hard work that we're doing and that we do with our clients, right? This internal work. It is, yeah. Now, if I go to the hospital and I have some kind of surgery, right? Let's say something ruptured has to come out. When I come home, there are going to be people that are bringing me dinner, right? They're going to be cooking. They're going to be offering the clean run me to the store, do things for me, right? Because I got something physical. If you're blessed physical. enough to have people if in you, your well, life well, right, yeah, that. yeah. But I'm, okay, so if you are blessed enough. But typically, right, people will start mm -hmm. reaching out when something happens to our physical being. But mm -hmm. when we say, you know what, I am going on an internal journey to figure out who I am. To discover the best version of myself. To let go of these shadows that I may have been walking around with, right? And as we start going through that, you know, right? There are times when you're in it and you're just like, oh my goodness, I am kicking the shit out of myself, right? Like, I'm going through the emotional ringer. But there's nobody showing up to say, hey, let me bring you some cookies. Let me, let me bring you a lot of lasagna so you have some food for the week while you do this internal work. Right. So there's that like a little kind of, I think, isolation that comes with this internal work. But it's just the same as like do it's like spiritual surgery that's happening. Without like support. And I think that is a great reason to be part of community. And if you can join like group coaching groups, especially for people out there that have never coached, like have been co like been in a coaching type of relationship and you want to get your toes mm -hmm. wet. Go in with mm -hmm. a group, like do a, like a group coaching. Mm -hmm. You can kind of just sit in the background and just listen. But at least then, you know, like those people in that group are also having that spiritual surgery done and mm -hmm. they might not bring you a lasagna, but they're at least going to understand what's happening. Right. Because mm -hmm. a friend may come and be like, hey, what's up? And you're like, oh, man, a rough day doing this, you know, shadow work. And they're like, oh, whatever. But if a friend calls me like, hey, how are you? Just got your appendix out. You want me to come over? You know, like there's this interesting mm. separation, right? <laughs> of, of our, our... Well, I'm laughing because I, I, when I go through this process, I have so many classically what we call psychosomatic manifestations uh -huh. where I have been physically ill for days, mm -hmm. hands and knees, both ends, you know, like just ugly, 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 ugly. Mm -hmm. And um, so it isn't always non-physical. You know, I, I, I do think we oftentimes do have physical manifestations of this work. It's just that we tend to ourselves in a different way. Right. This is why I think befriending yourself becomes so important, because as you transform these lower, uh, as you transform stressful thoughts and feelings and emotions, it requires a greater friendship with yourself mm -hmm. to do this work. 
It does. It's going to require you to like really become your own best friend and to love yourself in a way that you never have before and to keep like doubling down on that. Yeah. There's a beautiful book. And that's not, we're not taught to do that. No. Right. Like we live in a culture that is like, if you haven't sacrificed yourself and you haven't worked yourself to the bone, then really, I just don't think you want it bad enough. Well, exactly. Right. So if and you're... I want to blow that shit out of the water. Like, are you kidding me? That is like there is no greater disservice that the corporate industrial complex is programmed into the minds of this society, <laughs> you know, into the minds of the people here. Because I'm telling you, when you're stressed, you're incredibly easily to manipulate. Mm. You lose all cognitive capacity for good decision making. You want the quick fix. You want the quick dopamine hit. It doesn't matter if it comes in a in a hoagie or a Twinkie or a glass of wine. It doesn't matter where it comes. Mm -hmm. You just want relief from what it is to be you. And guess what? They win when that's how we live. And this is like, I'm talking about a liberation of all kinds of energy and life so that we are free of this programming that has, that's destroying the planet and ourselves. Yeah. It's a lot of fear-based, fear-based programming. Well, when we're stressed, we are living in the survival brain and, and fear is, it, we become trigger happy in the sense that we are scanning for fear, right? Mm -hmm. We're scanning for danger continuously. That's what the survival brain is designed to do. And when we're stressed, we are living in that survival brain and we can't stop serving the environment for more stressors, for danger, for fear. And you'll find, I mean, the brain is is an input producing machine when it's tasked with something it won't stop until it produces mm -hmm. okay so we want to recognize when we're in this stress-based pattern this is all the foundational work of the smart program the stress mastery and resilience training program that is um available you're it's open to join us september 22nd registration's open for like 48 hours if you like the idea of this get on the wait list so you don't miss your chance and, and um, i'll link sure link a way up in the show notes yeah how to cool how to register awesome thank you joe and um so the fundam the fundamental thesis of this is that we lose our ability to shift our thoughts and our emotions when we're in our survival brain and we shift all of our metabolic resources out of the prefrontal cortex, which is our capacity to make, to synthesize se separate pieces of information into a complex whole. It reduces our ability to make decisions that meet, that help us meet our highest visions, values, goals, commitments. It makes us emotionally volatile, right? And it makes us angry, territorial and aggressive. And then we load shame on ourselves because we're honking our horn. We're yelling at our kids. We're picking a fight with our spouse. We're fighting with people on like the internet, yeah. right? Like, uh -huh. like we're doing like insane things and we're acting out of character. It shocks us and we spiral into shame, which is even more stressful. And now we're living on this spectrum of stress where nothing can change. Everything is stuck. And now we're on the trajectory of D of destruction mm -hmm. and we don't have to live that way we can build coherence i know you know about coherence you know about anchoring into the heart brain the brain around the heart forty thousand neurons incredibly powerful able to actually regulate the brain that has like 80 
trillion cells in it, right? So we're like, I mean, 80 billion. And so we're, we are this like dynamic ecosystem and stress is always a signal that's inviting us to evolve and shift and grow. And we've lost this fundamental relationship with stress throughout the history of earth. Stress has always been the driver of biological evolution. And we think we're somehow separate, Uh you know, like we have forgotten that we are a biological system Mm -hmm. and that our stress is a signal that, that either this, this stress is not meant for me, right? Like first you got to know if this stress is really yours and you've got to kind of stay in your own lane. You got to know your lane, stay in your lane. So if the stress isn't yours to carry, you got to offload that shit. You do not have that energy to waste. Because stress wastes energy and you need that energy to live your life, Mm -hmm. to live a legacy if that's what you want to do. And when we start getting into this relationship with stress and we recognize this is intelligence, we were designed with a stress system for a reason, with a nervous system for a reason, sympathetic, parasympathetic, meant to balance each other. When they're in balance, we have full cognitive capacity. We have emotional regulation. And in my work with my clients, I have concluded that it's our greatest power to be the powerful creators of our lives. It's not the law of attraction. No. It's actually the law of imprinting. When we get coherent and our electromagnetic field expands, which it does, we've got plenty of studies to prove it. And you set an intention, a pure heart-centered intention on that wave, you imprint the field. And I have seen miracles and miracles and miracles happen in my clients' lives. And I was scratching my head going, like, what is happening? And I started putting it together. And, I, and I've been blown away at, at what becomes truly possible when we get coherent, when we do this work. We, un, we unpack all of these stress-based patterns that we've been raised with, whether it came from our family, our religion, our culture, our educational institutions. Oh, there's so much going on in all of that. Mm-hmm. And we find a little more truth, a little more freedom, a little more love, a little more truth, a little more freedom, a little more love. And suddenly you are the most powerful creator of your life experience because you're aligning thoughts, emotions and actions, which is everything. And then you're also imprinting the field, Uh, influencing the atoms around you. Yes. I love that you earlier, I think in the conversation, you said something about being truthful and honest. Mm. How you just said with a pure intention. And I think, Mm -hmm. I don't want to pick on anybody, but I see a lot of posts that are like, get him to text you in 24 hours, right? Like from from these random like manifestation Instagram pages, you know, that just share out memes or things. They're like, get her to, get her to call, you know, in the next day. And I was like, that, that is not a pure intention. Right. So that's why it's not it's a little manipulative, very manipulative. <laughs> right. Like, I tell people that all the time. I'm like, I just want to manifest a person into my life. I want to manifest Susie into my life. I'm like, Susie is never coming into your life. Free will. We have free will. And that's just getting creepy. Right. So, again, not not a pure intention. Uh, and a while ago, a couple, maybe a couple of months ago, I heard my friend Amy Spicer on a podcast and she was talking about her intuitiveness right and getting hits from from her spirit team and literally she was like they're just saying be honest we have to be honest and when we are honest right we have that pure intention 
and we can connect to the heart. We can connect to the brain. But we're, when we're in, right, stress, fight or flight, or oh my goodness, trying to manifest from scarcity, or I got to pay this bill. And it's the idea of the praying in this kind of way. Oh my God, if you help me right now, dear Jesus, if you help me today, I promise I'll love you forever. If I can just get this gas bill paid today, right? It's not going to happen. You're not going to get that gas bill paid today, right? Because you're not going about it the right way, right? We're coming from scarcity, not from a place of abundance. But when we're in, this is what I really want. This is my pure intention. I know there is enough for you. There's enough for me. Right? There's enough for all of us to go around and being then honest with what we actually want, which is why it's great to know what makes us happy, right? What is our, what is our definition of success? Because then we're going to be honest with ourselves. We can put that pure intention out into the world so it can come right back to us. Honesty. Honesty. Who would have thought? That honesty yeah. is key. You know, for me, my definition of success has gotten so simple. It's like I I am living a successful life if I am engaged and enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Right. I just want to be because I can I can. I, the reason why I included engaged is because I can sometimes be enjoying my life and kind of fall into this really passive. Right. Things are, you know comfortable enough I you know I've got like all of my immediate needs are met I can be enjoying myself but then if you know I'm not fully engaged Mm -hmm. right engaged I'm engaged with life I'm engaged with this moment I'm engaged with my work I'm you know whatever that is for a person Mm -hmm. right to feel alive engaged yes oh I love what's your definition can I ask you my definition of I don't know happiness or success what Uh, are you it's interesting. I'm still like uncovering. Them. Yeah. Hey, that's um, fair. But I, I, I'm happy right now. Like I am happy living on this mountain that I live on with one street light and a crazy loud road in front of me, which is so silly, right? Cause there's literally, there's one street light two blocks down in this whole little place that I live. But this road right in front of my house is super busy. Um, but I'm happy. You know, when I go, when I take Stella for a walk and I go up a hill and I just see when I'm on top of the hill, more rolling hills, right? Like just those green rolling hills. That's happiness. Like that's mm-hmm. success. Freedom for me is success. That I can have freedom to live my life. That I can jump on a podcast, right? At three o'clock in the afternoon. That I don't have to punch in and out is success for me. I still have to work and I work really fucking hard. Probably more than I worked when I was working for an employer, but it, it feeds my soul. Right. And again, it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't need to have the things I love my plants. Right. But I don't need to have like, um, a fancy car. And you, you know, my car story, right. With, with my Honda element. I love how you manifested that car. uh, and I love it. And literally the other day I was talking to my friend. I was, on, I was like, I want another Honda Element. They haven't made these cars in, since 2011. I'm like, I want another one. I want orange and just black wheels and just look like it's like a really like mountain element. And you're like, what about the one you have? I'm like, I'll keep that too. Right? But it's not like, <laughs> oh, I want that new electric Ford pickup truck that's going to cost $100,000. 
Like there's just, like you know, so it's like just the, like every time I get into my element, I smile, right? And it, there is nothing fancy about it, right? So it's just having what really like that that's success for me, right? Walking Stella, waking up whenever the fuck I want. And when I say that, people are like, "Oh, you wake up at eleven? No, I wake up at like four thirty every morning, and it's awesome. I love it." You know, but having the freedom to be like, I'm going to go to bed tonight. I'm going to set the intention that I love waking up very early. I'm not setting an alarm, but most likely I'll wake up in between 4.30 and 5 o'clock. You know, so really freedom. Rested, feeling good. Yeah. Like ready to ready and fueled with so much creative energy that you like are just bing awake feeling good it's so much it's it's you know so I, I mean i remember waking up and being like oh fuck right you know like when those are the first words out of your mouth when you open your eyes things have gone very wrong uh-huh. things have gone very wrong you know the other day i was talking with somebody and they said fml and i was like i don't even know what that means what does that mean right the first, like, I, sorry, wait, the first time i sorry the first time my life and I said, oh, my God. I said, honey, you can never say that again. If this is what you're saying to yourself, it's going to be fucked. Yeah. That's like, yes, literally, it is. And I hate to say it this way, but that is a curse that you are imposing on yourself. Like, our words have It's a self-fulfilling power. prophecy. Yep. Yes. Our words have so much power. The, the first time I heard somebody say that to me, Tammy... I said, family medical leave? Because literally, I went all the <laughs> way back, right, to when I, I was a manager. I should have thought of that. And, and had to deal with, with people. I'm like, family medical leave? I'm like, you left the A You're out. like, is They're somebody like, hurt? Are you yeah. okay? <laughs> I'm like, you're taking time off from work? And I'm like, no, fuck my life. I'm like, what, dude? Come on. But the again, that is, like, you see it everywhere. Like, I see people post it on Facebook, and it's that unconscious, right, thing, because it's just, oh, it's what we say, right? Not realizing the mm. energy that is in those words that you are imprinting into our supercomputer. Your subconscious yes. is going to start saying, all right, fuck my life. All right, here we go. I'm going to show you how you can here fuck your go, life. Here we go, baby. Buckle up. Buckle up, buttercup. Because right? it's about to get real. Yeah, for real. It is. Yes. It, yes. It, it, we Over the past, like, maybe, two, I'll say the summer, I've been trying to be very mindful with how I speak about everything. Mm-hmm. But also as I'm doing this, because I'm doing it, I'm now noticing how other people are speaking. <laughs> so we talking to friends and we're like, maybe you don't want to say it a, just a different way. Like just, maybe we can reword that, you know, just so you're not carrying the shit with that you. with you. And it's like, we have, we have, there's a great book. Um, Kamala, I can't think of his last name. The book is called Love Yourself as If Your Life Depended on It. Mm. And he's a Bay Area entrepreneur, computer programmer, right? Same thing. Almost died, I think, twice before you finally was like, I think I should start loving myself. And then wrote this beautiful book, Love Yourself as If Your Life Depends on It. And for everybody listening, I want to bring my microphone up. Love yourself like your life depends on it. Like, really, it depends on it. Like, stop hating on yourself. Like, we're the ones Mm -hmm. that when we find ourselves, like, 
messing up that we should be the ones also giving ourselves a hug and be like, it's all right, Joe, you got this, right? Like we have mm-hmm. to be our own coach as well as we're getting out of whatever it is. But if we're just like, oh, you're a dumbass, you suck, you did it again, everything's horrible, how are you going to get out of this? That's there. That's what we're programming. Right. And what if that dialogue instead of that was like, hey, champ, you tried. You're doing the best you can. I see you. You're doing great. You'll figure this out. You're learning. You're growing. You're changing. You got this. You can do this. We all make mistakes. It's part of the human condition. We're here to learn and grow. Let's see. What should we do now? The energy of that is so different, right, than what you were just saying. And, Mm -hmm. like, I just want to invite people, like, if you're trying to figure out, like, where is my self-talk? You know, you know, like, how am I doing? Look at how you feel. Your feelings are the indicators of your thoughts. You're having 60,000 thoughts a day. You cannot chase them. You cannot track all of them. No. You just, you can't. But what we, and this is why we've been so beautifully designed with emotions and feelings. Because they are the indicators we can track that allow us to know that we need to pay attention to our thoughts, mm-hmm. that the thoughts that we are thinking or entertaining right now are currently not helping us, or they might, you know, truly be hurting us. Yeah. Keeping us exactly where we are. Um, the, this morning's one of the posts I put out today was about that, that the, what is happening mm-hmm. on the inside is reflecting on the outside. Right? Always. So if you we were beating ourselves Always. up on the inside, you're going to see it showing up on the outside. And it's going to be as plain yes. as day, but you're going to be in the space of F, fuck my life, right? Not even seeing it. And that, yeah. my friends, is why it is so hard when you start to do this work because you're so used to being mean to yourself and to ripping yeah. yourself apart. So then when we start to First be step, nice. Yeah. First step is be nice to yourself. First step is be your own friend all the way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Somebody I was working with, I was telling them about the, that book. And they said to me, I'll read it, but it'll probably be pretty hard when you don't even like yourself. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. wow. And mm-hmm. I'm sure there was a part in my life where I didn't like myself. I think we all probably experienced that. But we, we, we fucking do. have to love our. We have to like ourselves. We have to love ourselves. We um, should do things. I think people should do things alone as often as they can. Like take yourself out on dates. Go to a museum by yourself. Go sit in the park alone. Spend some freaking time alone <laughs> with just you. And yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable if you've never done it before. But eventually, it's going to turn really nice. And you're going to be like, oh, shit. I like my time. It's my time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm super selfish. I love my alone time. Same. Same, same. <laughs> same. Same. I mean, I, I was just talking about this the, the, the other day with, with my partner, Tina. I was like, you know, this is an interesting experience for me. Because as I've been doing all of this, you know, again, all of this, it's Again, everybody, I've been doing this work for like 20 years. It doesn't stop. We're- Joe, I remember the day you told me about Tina. Oh. We were doing a photo shoot. I was like, oh, Joe's element is famous. So many girls <laughs> changing in the back of that thing. <laughs> Not in that kind of way. Oh, 
Um, but I remember, I remember he- you were like, I met a girl. I like this girl. And you were talking about her. And I remember the day you got your element. We did a, you were doing some recording work with me. It, gosh, how far have we come? Right? This is just to let our friends know, this audience know that if you are serious about this work, you can change and you can change faster than you ever thought possible. A couple years ago when Joe and I were working together, when he first got his element, I was like struggling trying to put together, you know, a whole workshop about how people were going to develop stress mastery and build. Oh, it's actually about building resilience. That was that that iteration of my work. And like I just stuck. I just kept at it. I just was like, okay, this wasn't it. This wasn't it. You know, keep growing, keep learning, keep coaching, keep growing, keep learning. And Look at where both of us are now. I, I see us both thriving and doing be, like sharing our gifts with the world in such unique and meaningful ways. And I just want to say it's such a beautiful. I'm just honored to be on the journey with you, my friend. Oh, thank you. I'm honored to be on the journey as, as well. I, I remember, Tammy, coming to that that office with my big brand new Mac in the back of a rental car because I didn't, right. I didn't have a car. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I have to get a car after I just bought a brand new iMac. Right. Um, and not knowing how it was going to happen. But like that, yes. that was the catalyst that I needed. Right. To, to really propel me to be like, oh, I can do this shit. I can make this this shit happen. Um, but in yes. talking with, with, with Tina the other day, I was like, you know, in my past, because I have been alone for so long, I would typically say, I'm working on myself and I'm some hard shit so you can go away. <laughs> because it's easy to be by <laughs> yourself, right? It's easy to be alone. Not that it's easy, but it's when we're doing work on ourselves and we're facing mm-hmm. everything, our partners are just going to show up and make us even expand even more, right? So my old pattern was I'm working on myself. I'm running now. I'm running from you. It might not be the best thing, but I got to go, right? And yeah. this weekend when we were hanging out, I'm like, you know, I can see my growth because I'm not running from you. I'm actually staying here. I'm like, I might feel, it might seem to you like I'm on another planet because I've pulled so many layers of an onion away over the last couple of weeks. I'm like, but it is not you. It's me. And, you know, but it is, it's, it, you know, for me in the past, it was easy to just be alone. Be like, I'm going to work on myself. And if I need to crawl under a blanket, but having someone there is also, you know, makes a little stretch more when we, if you're listening and you're in partnership are actually communicating, Talk to your people. It's Talk to your partners. It's such a beautiful <laughs> gift. Um, it really is. Tammy, this was a super fast hour. I, it really was. I, I can't believe it's been that. It, it went that quick. So for everybody listening and Tammy, well, for everybody listening, this is Dr. Tammy Berry. She's an amazing coach. Um, I will share all of your links down below so people can find you, follow your podcast. Um, get on the wait list for the smart program and anything else that you I don't that think we can plug so. for you I'm having a lot of fun on on Instagram come play with me there yeah follow I will put all of all of Tammy's handles and Tammy before we go let's pull one of these keeper of the light oracles to see what the oracles let's. have what uh, what numbers in your head three number three all right number three is uh, one of my favorites lady venus downloads an understanding truth is being revealed 
Deep insights are coming from the heavens and the astral realm. And that's it. When we do this work, it might sound woo-woo, but you're going to start getting those downloads because you're just understanding yourself more. You're like, I got a download. No, you had a revelation about yourself. You found a little more of your truth. The truth is being revealed. Tammy, thank you so much for being here. Everybody else that is here listening, thank you all for being part of The Daily Shot. I love and appreciate you all. 